Hey everyone, and welcome to our Local Leaders podcast series, where we speak to community leaders and culture-first organizations on what makes their workplaces so innovative, engaging, and diverse. My guest today is none other than Andrew LeBlanc, Executive Director of the Atlantic Wellness Center in Moncton, New Brunswick. Recently, he's also served as the Program Director for the Boys and Girls Club of Riverview, as well as serving on the board for the Riverview Arts Center and Neighborhood Watch. Speaking towards the Atlantic Wellness Center, they specialize in mental health counseling through donation-based funding. They've provided more than 1,100 youth with free mental health services since 2012, and all of their services are provided at no cost to the client. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today, and why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you represent. Sure. Well, thanks very much for having me today, Cody. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, share a little bit about what we're doing at Atlantic Wellness. Awesome. Yeah. So do you got any hobbies or interests or anything like that, that uh, people can get to know you a little bit better? <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I like long walks on the beach. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, I like to be a busy person. I like to be involved in a lot. Uh, always really like to be involved in the community. And so I guess the, the biggest side project I have is I'm on Review Town Council. Um, and so that's been a, an incredibly rewarding experience to get to know residents and, and work on some some big issues that are really important to moving our town forward. And so that's been really great. Um, I'm a musician, and so uh, I'm in a, a local band called the AJs with uh, some good friends, uh, Jeremy and Joe Queering, which is really uh, really awesome. We both have young kids at home, so we don't have, we don't have a whole lot of time to uh, to to perform. But uh, when we get a chance to, it's really nice. So where can uh, people catch you guys play? Uh, right now, nowhere. <laughs> we we do about a couple of shows a year, so a lot of private functions and things like that. But you can check us out at theajs.ca. And, oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, just an acoustic uh, cover trio. And uh, yeah, this year, I've actually really gotten into yoga, too, and uh, doing uh, uh, just trying to be more healthy and, and take care of my mental health and my physical health. And so... Yeah, that, that seems like the, the new play right now for everyone is, is doing more of the yoga and the, the stretch-based exercises and rehab um, as opposed to just traditional weightlifting, right? You're like, I'm not entering a bodybuilding competition. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to make myself a little more flexible, a little more healthy in everyday life, right? Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah, it's been a really great experience. And it ties in really nice with what we do at Atlantic Wellness, too, because it's uh, it's been really good for my mental health. It's a great distressor. And uh, just unwind at the end of the day and and, uh, and and just take a few moments for yourself. And it... Uh, yeah, it ties in really nice with what we uh, what we talk about a lot at work. Perfect. Well, we'll get a little bit more into Atlantic Wellness, but for right now, I really just have to ask, how is it possible that you break up your time to do so many things? You're involved with a laundry list of different organizations and, and places. You know, how do you sp- how do you spread your time out? <laughs> well, uh, Google Calendar has been very helpful for me. <laughs> it takes uh, it takes a lot of work to try and find the balance for sure. Um, you know, being on council and working full time is certainly a challenge. Um, but I think you, you just have to know what your own priorities are and know what your own values are. And for me, before anything else, my family is is the most important thing. And so I've I won't sacrifice anything uh, if it means uh, it's going to be detrimental to my family. And so I have uh, an amazing wife, Patricia Worthington LeBlanc, and my daughter, Amelia, and so uh, and Benny, my dog. I can't forget him. Uh, and so they're first and foremost. And then, yeah, you just, uh, just uh, try and organize your time as best you can. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, 
It's I'm still working on it. <laughs> I was going to say, and even the bl- the band too is kind of taking a back seat to all that stuff. A now little bit, yeah. yeah. My apologies, Jeremy and Joe. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get in a little bit about Atlantic Wellness here. Um, so, what is the inspiration behind the organization? Uh, how long has it been a thing, and, and kind of what do you guys prioritize or focus on for your services? Sure. Well, Atlantic Wellness started seeing youth uh, in 2012. We were incorporated in t- 2011. Uh, and so just a basic premise, we offer free mental health services for youth ages 12 to 21 uh, in the southeastern New Brunswick region. So back uh, before we were started, there was a, a mental health report released uh, by Judge Mike McKee, uh, and he was commissioned to do this report, and it talked about uh, a lot of suggestions that um, New Brunswick should be looking at in order to provide better access to mental health services in the province. And so our co-founders, Leslie Smythe and Danielle Whalen, uh, you know, they, they saw the report, they were really inspired by the content that was in it and some of the recommendations that were there. And so our center was born out of those recommendations, uh, a need to reduce financial barriers for people accessing services, uh, a need to reduce wait times in the community and, uh, you know, other things like that. And so from there, Atlantic Wellness was created to make sure that young people between the ages of 12 and 21 had barrier-free access to mental health support when they needed it. Yeah, I think that's something that's so important. And I mean, I'm just going to ask it as well. Like, have you seen an increase over the last 10, 15 years in the amount of services that have been required? In uh, you know, it, I feel like mental mental health now is becoming more of a, a more popular, or to say, it's becoming less stigmatized. Um, there's less of a stigma surrounding you know admitting that you need a little help or someone to speak to. Uh, you know, has there been a large influx and how have you guys been able to kind of handle that influx of, of people seeking counseling? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree. There's been a lot of work done to break stigma. Um, and that's been really inspiring. You know, we, we work really closely with our school district, uh, and we, you know, we support them and they just had a mental health summit uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so it's really great to work with the students there and to see uh, the level of engagement that our young people have with mental health is really inspiring. We talk about breaking stigma in the community. We still have some work to do. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, but the progress has been really amazing, uh, in terms of, uh, demands for service. You're right. Uh, it's continuously growing. I think in talks with our colleagues, We've noticed the difference even between last school year and this school year and uh, in, in some of the needs that are out there. And so uh, the demand is, is continually growing. Uh, it's certainly hard to keep up with it. And one thing we're finding is that um, partnership and collaboration is essential, and no one's going to be able to do this on their own. And so we have a great network that we're involved with. Uh, we work closely with the United Way and their U-Turns committee. We work closely with the school district and, and ISD. Um, and so collaboratively, we're able to 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 address the issues, I guess, as, as best we possibly can. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it can be tough. And so it, it comes to centers like us to, to try and be innovative with the services that we can offer so that we can, it's not about increasing staff all the time. It's just about using your resources and using your, your, your capacity in the best way you can. Um, yeah, it's super important to be able to use the resources that you have properly because I mean, I'm assuming hiring, uh, for this can be a little bit difficult where you're, dealing in such specialized areas that the recruitment of people coming in to, to be counselors with you guys uh, and, and to speak with all these kids, uh, it can be very difficult to find that person that that proper fit into your guys's culture into what you guys is um, what you value the most. Um, so how do you recruit? Like, how do you bring in new people in? Well, one, honestly, one of the best ways that we or the best recruitment tool that we have, uh, we have a really strong internship program. So Students who are studying their master's in counseling, they need to do a, a eight, nine-month practicum. 
Uh, and, and oftentimes you would have to pay and go do that somewhere. And so one of the great things about Atlantic Wellness is that uh, we offer that for free. So you can come and do your practicum with our agency. You get to carry a caseload for us, which is really helpful. Uh, they, can, they can help us in our clinic that we offer on Mondays, which is a great new service. Um, and it also builds a pool of uh, people who might be interested if, you know, if something opens up. So just recently we had uh, – a vacancy in staff, and we were able to fill it with uh, a former intern uh, because you know she knew the organization well. She's passionate about what we do, which is absolutely key, um, and she already understood a lot about about, about the organization. So it was a, it's a, a really great uh, transition from intern to to staff that way. Yeah, I think that's such a great way to get people on board with your team is is through that internship where you like just like you spoke to. Um, they know the organization and you know them as well. So they know what you guys value. You know where their priorities and their values are as long as, uh, as well as their worth ethic. So you're able to kind of tell if they would be a good fit at the same time. So, Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's, we're a nonprofit organization. So working in the nonprofit field, there, there are definitely specific challenges that go with that. So, you, you know, it's not, it's not the same as working in a private practice and, and the people who work with us are there because they're so passionate about the work that they do. And that, that's the motivation that keeps people moving forward. And that's what keeps, keeps the staff driving, um, to want to expand services and to, and to reach more, more youth, you know, because it's, there are things that pull you away from, counseling you know we have to do fundraising we have to raise our, our annual budget and so that stuff's that's those are the extras i guess that sort of pull you away and and a nonprofit can be really demanding of your time that way and, and can be really tiring um and so it's important that if you're going to be there you're really passionate about what you do and you're there for the right reasons and we're very blessed to have an incredible team right now so yeah so how many of there are you on your on your team at the present moment. Sure. There's seven of us in total right now. Uh, and then we have three interns with us right now. We've actually, since we've opened, we've had 25 interns through the program. So it's, it's been really cool. We actually have, uh, one, uh, one intern with us from Calgary and one from Toronto right now. And so we're, we're doing our part to bring people into New Brunswick. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pulling people into the workforce. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so how do you guys kind of network and get your guys's name out there? Um, with so many different kind of like companies, like you said, like you guys are a non-for-profit. So how difficult is to kind of compete with those for-profit uh, industries? Well, I, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest thing is trying to get out there to talk to donors. Uh, and, you know, in, in this area alone, there's so many different worthy causes that are, that are looking to do fundraising and, and uh, raise money to support their own organizations. And they're all doing really great work, but the, the donor pool is not necessarily uh, huge. And so everyone has to be very strategic in, in how you go about uh, asking for funds and who you work with. And, you know, we don't want to, to see donor fatigue either. And so um, that, that can certainly be a challenge. But networking uh, is really just trying to find partners in the community for us who are, are like-minded and share some of the values that we have. Um, and I guess, you know, in the same way that we would look for volunteers or staff who are really passionate and uh, who share a value set on supporting mental health um, and all the values that go in with that. Um, when you can find a, a community partner and a donor who, who also shares those values, it makes it a lot easier for them to buy in and really believe in what you're doing. And at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. So we, we network by trying to build connections and build relationships, and uh, and hopefully people can can feel some sort of connection to what we're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important and speaks to the values of the organization itself when someone does donate that they are in line and aligned with what you guys, you know, see what you guys have as your vision uh, and your mission overall. So I think it is really, really cool and can be a little bit difficult and daunting uh, to go out and try and network with some of these companies, right? So um, do you partner with any, I mean, I know you said that you focus more towards the younger population. Do you partner with any organizations or, or companies um, to give in-house, um, you know, counseling or anything like that? Uh, n- no, we haven't. Uh, not on a corporate level, no. We we don't do that. Um, I guess we work with as many corporations as we can to to share the message of the importance of right. of mental health for sure. Um, we we ha- we do partner with other uh, organizations that are working with youth. So uh, we have one therapist that goes offsite once a week and is at Youth Impact or Youth Youth Quest just right down the street, and um, and so she's able to provide uh, onsite therapy there. Uh, we have another therapist that goes to Salisbury once a week uh, and is able to reach youth there. But in terms of expanding beyond that, we don't um, we don't offer direct services, but we will go into uh, businesses if, if requested um, and give a little bit of information about Atlantic Wellness and then maybe some tips on uh, on how you know you you might be able to support your young person that's really the biggest question I get when we go out and talk to businesses is employees want to know well I have I have a son or daughter and I'd really like to know how to support them as best I can and so if we do a Q&A it usually ends up there so yeah it usually delves toward the younger population anyway right but there's such a there's such a natural connection there too right because we talk we talk to employers a lot about, well, you know, if your employees have kids at home who might be suffering with uh, mental health issues, well, that's going to affect them too because if they don't have access to resources to support their own kids, then their own mental health is going to take a toll on that too, which means, you know, an impact on productivity at work or an impact on their ability to focus. And so there's a real correlation um, for the corporate sector into, into youth mental health because it, it really – uh, it all ties in together and it can have a really big impact. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, something that is like you were saying, uh, something not to be put to the wayside where, you know, it's hard to separate work in your home life. Sometimes when you're going to work in the morning after just, you know, dealing with something the night prior, it's, it's still on your mind. It's still going to distract you from it. So being able to work on that and focus your efforts towards that in order to, you know, increase your engagement at the workplace too, uh, is definitely something that's incredibly important for someone to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So how do you keep people motivated working for a nonprofit that is dealing with such grueling long days and, uh, you know, really daunting work? Like, how do you keep everyone motivated, engaged, happy? Uh, because they got to have down days too every now and again, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's human nature, right? Everybody has, has down days. And uh, I have probably have more than my fair share of them. So, I, you know, I think in i've i've been in nonprofit i guess for uh, 16 years now and i think what's been consistent in all the places that i've been is that you have to have passion for what you're doing i think that's the number one motivator um is, is that people really believe in the work that they're doing um because it can be exhaustive work at atlantic wellness you know i'm not a therapist i'm i'm just a manager but i i see the really challenging situations that our therapists have to go through and the amazing work they're doing to help young people, but it can be emotionally uh, and mentally draining work. And so without passion, there, it would be next to impossible to keep moving forward. And so that, uh, that can be a real challenge. So outside of that, you know, we try and do little things to build the team. 
uh, you know, this summer, for example, we we um, we took an afternoon. We did a hike in Mill Creek and Riverview, um, and just tried to do some team building things like that because I think that connection is really important. Um, and you know, we're we're a growing organization. We we only have seven staff, but it started off with two, um, and so we've over the years we've been growing and growing, and we're still trying to figure out what does team building look like for an organization of our size. And you have to tailor to the the, the people that you have on staff, and so. Um, yeah, it's uh, it can certainly be a challenge. Yeah, are there any specifics in the difficulties in growing from two to seven? I know it still seems like a small number, but I mean, you're essentially tripling your workforce. You know, there's got to be some difficulties in your growing pains for that. Oh, sure, yeah, because I think when you start out, you know, everything is you build it on on a particular infrastructure, and uh, you know, for example, I guess with with Atlantic Wellness, it was Leslie and Danielle were friends, and they had a couple of their friends that joined the board of directors, and it was a very small operation, and it kept growing and growing, and the service demands increased. And now we find ourselves that we're, you know, we're a full-fledged nonprofit organization with public accountability because we get public donations. And so the jump from one to the other is, is definitely, it's a change in mindset uh, for the staff. It's a change in approach for us for fund development because when you have two employees, you don't have to raise as much money. And now we're a $500,000 organization. And so it's a lot harder to do that. The strategies change. And so uh, it can certainly be a, a, a big shift. But like I said before, I think the one thing that keeps everybody going is the passion for the work that they're doing. So um, as long as you're really committed and as long as you really believe in what you're doing, then you also are willing to take on these new challenges without hesitation. And our team has been uh, amazing for that. And they've, they've really um, brought this organization to a, a whole new level. And I, I have to give them all the kudos in the world for that. So. Yeah, it's really cool, too, that you were able to grow so quickly and, you know, able to keep your your current values in line with what they are sometimes when you're growing the most difficult part is to not change what made you guys so successful in the first place so it's definitely you know a testament to bringing in the right people getting the people with the right values and the and the right culture set within your within your organization to get everybody in line uh, and continue making you guys as successful as as you were uh, it can be something that's very very difficult to do um, so what do you guys do for fundraising event planning and activities for those looking to get involved more with Atlantic wellness sure well the biggest event-based fundraiser we do is called the monster trot and barbecue it's a halloween fundraiser we just had it there uh, last weekend and uh it's at the moncton coliseum and kids go and trick-or-treat around the uh the arena to different booths that are sponsored by businesses and um they get a lot of candy and sugar and then we send them home to their parents and it's uh <laughs> and it's great uh so that's a really good uh fundraiser and it's a really good community engagement piece for us because it gets our name out there and we get to interact with a lot of people in the community so that's awesome uh the other one we're we're going to be starting on november 26th this year is our annual giving campaign um and so that's a, a an annual appeal and we we look to our community to help us uh, offer the services that we do um, you know, you mentioned before, everything we do is, is free. So um, we have a, a wide array of services at the organization. And so um, in order to be able to offer those for free and, and to keep doing what we're doing, we do need our community support. Uh, and, you know, everyone's been really great about doing that so far. And we, we, we live in a pretty awesome region and, and Greater Moncton is an amazing place. And so we've had a lot of really great champions that have come forward to support us in what we do. Uh, and we're, we're, we're hoping everybody will step up and, and do it again when we start the campaign. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I mean, just speaking to this previous Halloween, I mean, it was pretty rainy and a pretty nasty night out. So that was probably more of a success than uh, I think actual Halloween was itself. So yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so just speaking back to the motivation and kind of like, um, you know, keeping your workforce a little bit happy uh, and really engaged and positive. Um, you know, is there anything that you guys do for recognition of them? Or how do you kind of how do you congratulate them for a job well done after a tough day? You know, those are pieces that we're still trying to build on. But I think one of the things that helps the things that helps build a connection with us is every staff meeting, we do a thing called kudos. Um, and we actually started this at my, uh, my old organization that I worked at the boys and girls club. So I'll give a shout out to Linda Carey for coming up for this one. Uh, we, so we go around the room and everybody says one thing that you've done in your own life with personal professional, it doesn't matter. Uh, one thing that you're really proud of or something that's been really meaningful to you. And so, you know, for example, I've been able to talk a lot about, you know, the, just the, the health pieces that I've been working on personally, um, or, uh, and, and, you know, so everybody shares something personal or professional. It really builds a good bond with the staff and it allows everyone to sort of understand the perspectives of, of the other people that you get to work with. And so that's, that's been kind of neat to, uh, to do that and, and build a better relationship with each other. Um, we did staff awards last year. One of the staff came up with uh, different awards for everybody on staff, and that's really cool. Um, I think one of the challenges with that is that it's, it's a piece that, they can get overlooked easily in the nonprofit sector because we put so much into stewardship. We put so much into donor recognition that sometimes that, that staff recognition piece gets lost. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that we're, we're doing everything right with it. We have a lot of growth to do in that area too. And that's all part of, you know, being a small organization and growing and getting these processes better. We're not there yet, but we're, we're certainly on our way. And so I think it's important to, to recognize that because whether you're a large business or a small nonprofit, it's still important to make sure that um, that recognition is there and that people feel the belonging to the organization and uh, connected to the mission. So, Yeah, it's one of my favorite statistics. Last year, they did a survey in the United States, um, but 83% of employees would rather recognition than receive a, a perk or a gift as, as opposed to it. So it is something that's incredibly valuable, right? I mean, especially after a long day's work, like just, just a, a simple even pat on the back or, a, a, you know, you did a really great job on that last meeting. Like those are so important and they, they really, they almost seem overlooked. Um, but I think you can't really speak enough to them. That kudos program that you guys do is really, really cool. We do something similar every Monday where we go around, we talk about what we did last week, what did we do this week? And it's a very homey sense of feel where you're mixing your personal and your professional workplace. Cause I mean, we spend more time at work, you know, than we do necessarily with our family sometimes aside from the weekend. So it's important to not only get along as coworkers, but really get along as people and as friends, right? Because that's when you're really going to start energizing people, you know, when you're coming in and you don't dread going into work every day, or you don't dread attending your next meeting. Those are something that, you know, they can't be overlooked. And they're so important within the workplace. So Oh, yeah. And I think the better you are at able or trying to build those bonds between each other at work, I think, inevitably there are going to be challenges and problems that arise. And, and I think the better connection you have, the more you're going to be able to problem solve through those things. So oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I, I, it's really imperative to be able to have open communication and, and, and do all that. Well, I was going to say too, it even kind of ties into transparency a little bit because the more you know somebody, the more you might understand, you know, how they might react to a certain comment or a gesture and, or you might understand like, Oh, okay. Like Becky's having a bad day today. Like, you know, maybe you can get to the bottom of why, uh, give her some help as opposed to if you didn't know the person, then you might not be able to make that or infer that judgment on them. Right. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the cool things about Atlantic wellness is, you know, versus you being solo in a private practice or something like that is the team atmosphere. So when one of the therapists ha does have a really challenging situation that's presented itself, um, 
or they just have a youth that's really struggling with something, they have a great support network to be able to debrief everything with. That's part of our confidentiality that we sign off with with clients when they start with us is that, you know, we do work in, in collaboration with each other. So if a therapist needs some advice from somebody else, they're able to go and, and do that. So every week we have group case consultation where the really challenging stuff, they get to get together and um, and and hammer all that out and, and debrief everything and, and get the support from their, their teammates. So it's a really it's a really cool environment so that they always know there's somebody in their corner, there's someone that's able to they're able to bounce things off of and they're not alone trying to, to, to work through these things. Oh that's I mean that's so important, right? Because if you were to burden all of this all on your own, I, I think without, you know, communicating or, or you know, showing a little bit of emotion or T- towards your your latest meetings or councils like it'd be so difficult it'd be such like a burden on your mental health that you oh, need yeah, to be yeah. able to kind of like to let loose and, and to talk it out a little bit i mean counselors need counselors too right so <laughs> that's kind of how that works uh if you want to speak a little bit about the work environment now i know it's not a traditional you know it's not an office job you're not going in nine to five and sitting at a cubicle or at your desk every day uh how difficult is that to to motivate people to 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 do their best um or just even what are some of the challenges in, in working with such like an unorthodox work environment? Well, there's some really cool things about it, uh, and there's some some challenges too. So to start, uh, our building, uh, this is totally going to sound braggy, but <laughs> our building is awesome. Uh, we, we're in a small house on Lute Street, um, and it really feels like you're walking into a home when you come in the door. So environment and atmosphere is everything to us. Uh, first and foremost, because it's, it's the right environment for the youth to be in. When they feel more comfortable in the, in the actual building itself, they're more likely to let their guard down and be open with us and really explore um, whatever it is they might be struggling with. And so it's crucial for us to have an environment where they're comfortable. So there's our reception is some really nice couches, and uh, we have some art from Katie to wear on. And, uh, you know, it's a really, really cool place. It's well lit. Um, and it's a, just a really homey feel. It's very welcoming. But it, it's also great as a work environment, too, because it's very relaxing when you come in. Um, and uh, it doesn't feel like you're you're going to... Uh, quote unquote office job, you know, you feel like you're you're, you're going to a, a relaxed environment that uh, can be anything but at times, really. So it's it's nice to have that calming effect, and um, we have a, a back room where we. Uh, we'll probably get in trouble for saying this, I guess, but we have <laughs> we have a really nice room out back that we got some funding to put together. It's a, a great youth room, and so we had some candy left over from our Halloween event, and we have this big ottoman. And so it opens up. And so if you open it, it's filled with Halloween candy <laughs> right now. And so that's, uh, that's pretty cool too. So the, the, the challenges, I guess, with the environment, uh, not the environment, but there's the way we operate is that, you know, we do have staggered shifts with our employees. And so communication, uh, can be tough for any business or any organization. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, you know, it, you would think with a staff of seven, it might be a little bit easier, but uh, I don't find that always to be the case. I think because we have some people that see clients in the evening and some people that see them in the morning, we're not always there at the same time. There's really only one uh, afternoon that we have everybody in the same spot. Um, so it, it can be really challenging to make sure everybody gets the right information. Um, we can, I can have a conversation with one staff and we're like, Oh, we've solved this problem. And then somebody else will be like, well, I had no idea that was even a thing. You realize that, Oh, we, we didn't uh, make sure that information got to everybody. And so, so that can be a real challenge, I think with, um, uh, w- with how we, 
how we're structured, I guess. Um, and so that, that can certainly be an issue. But they're all things that we're, we're trying to work on. I think the, the staff meetings really help with that. Um, and just trying to make sure that we use our time wisely. We did some really great productivity training uh, a little while ago with uh, Visualize. And so we, uh, we talked about, you know, making sure your staff meetings are actually engaging and not like if you could put it in an email as an update, then put it in an email and don't waste everyone's time. So just trying to make sure that we're, you know, we're being productive and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things is some people have a, a lot of frustration over long meetings that really don't add much to your day or much to your productivity. It kind of almost takes away from it in a sense, especially if you're, you know, in a flow state or in a groove when you're working. Uh, sometimes it, it sucks to be kind of taken away from that and uh, be, be put into a meeting that could have easily just been read over a lunch hour or something, right? So. <laughs> and it's, you know, that is a challenge because the the staff are really busy. If we're not, if, if we're not in session with clients, uh, then there's all the other work that goes behind doing your case notes or we're out in the community doing presentations. And so every moment uh, is is a valuable valuable one for us. Um, and so we, we just try and fit as much as we can into, into that time. And um, yeah, so we, don't, we certainly don't want to be wasting anyone's time. So the homey feel of the building, is that a purposeful thing? Or did that kind of just come about through the location of the building and sort of just through the decor, uh, that atmosphere? Is that something that you guys like look to cultivate? Or? Very much so, yeah. It was, it was done by design. So we used to be located in Riverview. Um, and they, it was the same thing there. And I cannot take any credit for this whatsoever. Um, we just have really uh, greats to have who have a really good vision and good eye for this stuff. So, yeah, it, it was originally designed specifically to make youth comfortable, uh, to make it an environment that they would feel welcome in. Um, we had – I talked about that back room that we have. That's kind of our youth room. We use it for groups. We have an LGBTQ2 plus group. We have a parent support group. Um, and so we – we use it. Uh, we use it for that, and we try and, and make sure it's a, an atmosphere that young people are going to be really comfortable in, um, because it's it, we're just we're not going to get anywhere if they're if they're not comfortable um, to be able to disclose and, and talk about some of the things that they're they're going through. So that's that's why we have that set up. It just has a lot of other benefits as well. So yeah, it's tr- it's like kind of hard to you know be comfortable when you're in like a, I always like to kind of think of it as like a doctor's office, right? Yeah. They're in the white lab coat, and it's just white walls everywhere, and you're yeah, sitting on yeah, paper yeah. and you're kind of just like, how am I supposed to open up and, you know, kind of be kind and nice in an environment that's so structured? It's, it's something mm-hmm. that's very difficult. So it is really cool that you guys tried to make it a little bit different. Oh yeah. I mean, atmosphere is everything. And I think if you, you know, if, if young people are in the schools, for example, I mean, you remember your classrooms from school, it's like cinder block walls and those plastic chairs. And so it can be, that's that's an environment for one thing, but it's not a great environment for therapy or for counseling or uh, wanting to be comfortable for what we're doing in particular. And so it's really important to us that we're able to, it's, it's something that is, is mandatory really. Like everybody has a little bit of a different spin on their own offices. Each therapist has kind of put their own spin on it. Kind of a challenge as a nonprofit organization to be able to furnish everything. And so, um, you know, when the organization first started the, uh, the staff just, brought it in themselves everything was paid for by the staff and so you know you're when you're committed you're really committed to a cause and so they did and they they brought a lot in and then we we try and get donations where we can and uh 
but it's uh, I'm not a therapist, but even my office is is pretty chill. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, that's something that's so important, right? That little bit of customization to to really let the therapist have their own feel, their own vibe, uh, and it speaks to what they value the most, right? Someone oh, yeah. who's really into sports or cleanliness might have a totally different office than somebody who really likes the outdoors and likes colors, right? Mm-hmm. So it really lets them kind of be creative. And I mean, we can even say, you know, I have an office job and I have a nine to five. However, we're allowed to do with our workspace as we please. I can paint my office. I can put a tree in there. I can do anything that I want. And I think it really allows me to be creative and it lets me enjoy my workspace because I get to be in a space that is, you know, conducive to, to my own work. Oh, absolutely. Um, So it's something really cool. Yeah. Well, what are we, I guess in a week or so that Christmas tree is going up in my office and that's, (laughs) I'm that guy. So Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, so it is. It is something that just adds that little bit of custom uh, customization, that little bit of uh, that your feel that you can yeah. kind of bring to the workspace. Well, and you want to create a space where you know any anyone, any entrepreneur is going to have stress in their job, and you want to find ways that you can help manage that. And so, if if it's if you have the ability to add little things to your own workspace, then that's going to allow you um, to focus better. It's going to allow you to handle challenging situations better because you're comfortable in the, in the environment that you're in, which ultimately is better for your business or for your organization. So, yeah, exactly. Just anything that adds to that productivity and engagement, I think is so key. Uh, so what would you summarize as kind of Atlantic wellness's key values? I know you keep uh, repeating passion over and over. Obviously sure. that has to be probably number one. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, for the staff, absolutely. Passion yeah. is, is definitely probably our biggest value uh, and, and driving force. We, you know, we have some core values for the organization too, but one of the ones that we talk about a lot is belonging. Um, and I think that takes many forms. So uh, first and foremost, you know, we're, we're trying to work with young people to teach them coping techniques and strategies. So ultimately they can feel a sense of belonging and, and connected to um, various different groups or school or relationships in their lives. Um, but on a bigger level, we're also looking at belonging to our own organization for our staff, uh, making sure that they really feel part of a team. They feel part of something that's bigger than themselves uh, and making a value contribution. And that goes for our board of directors as well, um, if not more so, because you know there are, we have an entirely volunteer board of directors um, and they, they also really have to believe in the cause, um, if they're going to stick with it long term. And we're, we have some amazing people around the table right now. So belonging is a really good one. Uh, authenticity is another one that we really talk about and, you know, trying to help youth be their true self for, um, um, just being as genuine as we can. And I think for us as, uh, people who are, community champions and people who are trying to build relationships with young people, if you're not authentic, they're going to see right through it from the very beginning. And so um, that authenticity piece for us is, is, is absolutely key to building relationships with young people. And it's key for building strong community partnerships because if people know that you're just, you know, you're, you're inauthentic in the community and you're, you're kind of just spewing words for the sake of it, um, you're not going to get buy-in from the community either. And so I think they all tie in together really well. And so the, the, the combination of those three are, are pretty important. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. It seems that, you know, when I ask that question to most of the leaders that we have in here and that I've spoken with, authenticity is often repeated. It seems like it's really difficult to fake something, especially as you're growing and as you're getting into the public eye more and more uh, and you're trying to rely on on the, the the public's perception of you, you have to be authentic because if you're trying to be fake or you're trying to be something that you're not, you, you're not going to last very long. Absolutely. And the same, I mean, I guess I could even carry that over into the, uh, the political field too, right? With my, <laughs> my other hat, um, I found it to be the, the exact same thing. You know, people, people know if you're, if you're not being genuine. And so if you actually, um, can show people that you are there for the right reasons, that you care, that you really are about building community and building a better place for everyone and wanting to collaborate and work together. People see that. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to get things done. So, yeah. Uh, and then I guess just on my last note, would you have any advice for companies that are struggling to maintain a positive or purpose driven workforce, uh, or any new companies that are trying to start up? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, that's a great question, I guess. You know, we're still learning ourselves. So I think there's there's still a lot of learning, learning lessons. So I guess the first thing would be never stop trying because it's always going to be something that has to grow. I think at any time if you think, okay, well, we've got a good plan in place for employee recognition or we've got a good uh, environment already built or, you know, I think those are things that are constantly moving. And so you can always be putting resources into that. You can always be trying to improve uh, and, and make it better. So I guess um, I don't think it really matters uh, how big of an organization you are. I think your employees need to be able to find their passion and find their belonging uh, in what they're doing. Um, uh, otherwise, you're going to have you're certainly going to have retention issues, but it's just it's not going to be a, a healthy environment for anyone to thrive in. So. Yeah, and that's just even speaking on retention. It's one of the most important things right now for organizations that kind of keeps seeming to come up in the in the news is is how do I retain my employees? And I think you start with your core values, and you start with your workplace environment and your atmosphere. And uh, you know, is your workplace conducive to a healthy environment uh, and to a positive workforce? And that's you know that starts with not just you know having your values posted on a corkboard so everyone can see it, but you know it it comes with. How is your leadership demonstrating that? And how is that being proven? Um, because, you know, the old adage is actions speak louder than words, right? So I think, I think it's about showing your values and not just telling them. Uh, and I think that's, that's absolutely key. Oh, it's one thing that goes right towards alignment, too, is that if you're demonstrating one value set and you're communicating another, there's going to be a little bit that's lost in there because people are going to be confused on, you know, why do we say this, but we do this? And, you know, why are our leaders saying this? And they're not acting upon it. So it's something that is super important just in communication within the organization. And, you know, if the leaders are lost in where their value sets are, then, I mean, the workforce is going to be just as lost, too, right? So. Oh, absolutely. And to recognize, you know, people make mistakes and sometimes we 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 screw up and so i think you know, no matter who you are if you're building healthy relationships in your workplace then you're able to deal with situations like that appropriately too because you know uh we are human and we we screw up so when you when you do that you can say hey i'm really sorry about that I, you know i maybe I overreacted to that or i shouldn't have said that or you know if you can humble yourself enough to to take that approach and and relate to people and and own it when you take a misstep then um 
you're going to keep buying from people and you're going to keep those relationships tight. So, yeah, I think you said something super important right there too, that I just want to touch on, which is the ability to fail the, the, you know, you, you can't be afraid to fail. We, uh, at Dovaco here in Atuba, we have a get out of jail free card. So it's essentially, you know, you're allowed to make a mistake because you're not trying to innovate. You're not trying to create something positive or, or new or experience something different uh, if you're not willing to be a failure at what it is. So it's the idea that you can kind of, you know, go out on a limb, try something new. And if you fail, you just, you, you know, you kind of pass that, get out of jail free card and go, okay, I'll, I'll be better next time. Or <laughs> learn from those mistakes because that's where we learn yeah. the most is through when we are failing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that, I mean, we apply that to anything, right? We just finished our Monster Trot fundraiser and we have uh, one of our really uh, uh, great staff. She's uh, our service navigator and our parent coach, but she really is uh, a strong leader when it comes to organizational management and things like that too. And so she um, she really encouraged us, let's sit down, let's do a debrief after the event. It's all fresh. Let's sit down and talk about all the things we screwed up and, <laughs> and ways we can make it better. And if you can be open about that, if you can be like, oh, yeah, I totally could have done a better job on that or I totally could have looked at this a different way, understanding different people's points of view is essential to be able to build a harmonious team. And so uh, it was a, a great experience to do that too. So. Yeah, it's communication and transparency. I mean, being able to communicate effectively your message and where you were aiming to go with that goal uh, and being able to be open to feedback that you're receiving about how you guys can improve and make it better, right? So no, that's right. you're yeah. never going to grow as if you're going to continue to do the same thing and you never speak about what potentially went wrong and how you could potentially grow from it in the future. So, exactly. yeah. Um, awesome. So where can people find you guys? Uh, what's your guys' social or anything, you know? Sure. Well, you can find us uh, on Facebook. We're at uh, just Atlantic Wellness. Uh, we're online at AtlanticWellness.org. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram, too. So we are everywhere. And you can uh, check us out on any of those platforms. Uh, we have a lot of services, so if you know you're interested in accessing mental health support services, um, either for your own for your own child or if you're a young person who's looking to do it uh, on your own, um, give us a shout, and we'd be happy to to chat with you about how you can uh, get in. And is there anything else you'd like to plug uh, just before we wrap it up? Uh, we need some money. Uh, <laughs> no, we have our our annual giving campaign that's going to start here at the end of the month, and so we're uh, excited to launch that. And um, just stay uh, on the lookout for more announcements with regard to that. I can't give too much away right now. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening to our local leader series. Uh, if you'd like to be on an upcoming podcast to promote your business culture, you could simply drop me an email at Cody at tuba.co. I'd love to hear from you. You could be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tuba Teams for more content. And for more podcasts, be sure to check out our website, tuba.co. Uh, again, it was an absolute pleasure and honor getting to speak with you there, Andrew. Um, thanks again for coming in and sharing a little bit about what makes your culture there at Atlantic Wellness just so special. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you.